Welcome to At The Counter One Shots, the podcast that takes the nerdy questions and discussions held at the counter of your local comic book shop and brings them to the internet. And for the record, we're, we're sorry. sorry. I'm Marcus Antea. And I'm Christian Kenty. ATC One Shots take all the fun and geekery of the full podcast and puts it into bite-sized chunks. All right, today's topic is... Quick picks. Quick picks. All right, we're, this is exactly why we need you to tell us what you want us to talk about because we're we run out of ideas sometimes, and so we we've had to throw a bunch of them into one compressed episode, and so we're gonna riff through some stuff. These are episodes that are not <laughs> going to be a full episode, and they're probably not enough to do a full one shot. So we've got a collection of smaller, quick topics that we can blast through. And uh, if anybody has one that they think needs to be expanded, let us know. And for the record. These are everything we cover on our podcast is our opinion. You don't have to agree with it, but you probably should. Uh, <laughs> exactly. All right. That's TFDATC to send your angry emails to. <laughs> All right. So hit me. What do we got there? All right. Okay. Star Wars or Star Trek? Uh, I know. Really easy one to start, right? <laughs> Star Trek for tech, Star Wars for worlds. Ooh, good point. I I always have to lead towards Trek more because Trek for me is like the, this is what we can become. Right. Right? It's not Um, our past, it's our future. It's our future. And it's more and more achievable (laughs) the closer and closer we get to actual timeline. And, (laughs) And in a chicken and egg kind of thing. A lot of the technology we enjoy today is, is specifically because of yeah, Star Trek. Absolutely. Which is the best Trek? The best Trek? <laughs> Probably next gen. Next gen? I'm a Voyager guy. I love Voyager. Something about the whole scenario is always lean to me. I See, the problem is once I hit... I was a next gen fanatic because it was the right time period. But then I got older and running out of time. I got partway through Deep Space Nine. Started the first two or so seasons of Voyager and then lost steam on it and lost track of it. Okay. I never really got into Enterprise. I have not. I watched the first season of Discovery. Is that the one with the... Yeah, I've only seen two episodes of Discovery. So Discovery and Picard are not in my wheelhouse. I'm working on finding those, but... Actually, you want to know, you want to know what my favorite uh, Trek is right now? Or below decks, oh. <laughs> below decks, below decks. Yeah, it's been so much it. fun. It is, <laughs> it is using that world and getting to the gritty underbelly. They did the same thing in cartoon form that they did with the Orville. Yeah. And what if the Enterprise was run by regular people, yeah. as opposed to the elite top of the you know top of the line? Well, and I like that they built below decks on a couple of really successful Trek episodes as well, because they've handled that in both next gen and Voyager is this is the episode that has to do with the lower decks crew, because there's 152 (laughs) people on Voyager. And for some reason, we only ever see 10 of them. Yeah. Um, Well, there's that. It's also also (laughs) the fact that, you know, those are the elite. Those are the top, the ones who are the most, not powerful, but personality and, and, and character-wise, they are incredibly devoted to exploration and warfare or whatever they're devoted to. There definitely have to be people on those ships that this is just their job. Like, they, their job is to keep the Jeffries tubes open and, and you know, they just repair stuff. They're you gotta do grease that. monkeys. Yeah. 
And all we ever see are the and and the best way to describe it is that part where Picard asked Jordy how long it's going to take. The one where Scotty came back, yeah. and he says, well, <laughs> "We'll be done in about an hour, sir." And he goes, "Okay," and do it. Do the best you can. And Scotty looks at Jordy and goes, "Well, how long is it going to take?" And he says, "An hour." You don't tell captains an hour. You tell them it takes three. And then if you get it done in an hour, you look like a miracle worker. <laughs> he goes, so I don't lie to the captain. He goes, you got to lie to captains. Captains think they can get anything they want. And you got to keep them in check. <laughs> and that's the case. Is You can, you need the grease monkeys because it's uh, another one. Contrary is, to popular belief, Jordi LaForge cannot maintain a, ga- a galaxy class cruiser on his own. By himself <laughs> and in the time frame allotted to them. They did the same thing in the, uh, in the X-Wing books. Yeah. Same thing in the X-Wing books. Wedge comes down because the race squadron got delivered 10 factory new X-Wings. And they have to be gone over. And he says, well, how do they look? He goes, awful. The worst batch I've ever seen. All kinds of factory defects. We got to check this. We got to test that. Uh, he goes, oh, how long? He says, if we get... You know, all baseline on this, so I might be able to have three of them ready for the morning. If the extruder valve tests work, maybe four. There's no extruder valve on X-Wing. That's for injection molding. But Wedge doesn't know that. And so when Wedge leaves, one of the guys looks at the uh, at the main mechanic and goes, so how long? He goes, uh, I don't know, a couple hours. If we, re- if we, paint, the, if we paint the wings tonight, maybe three. Let's go play Savic for a bit, and then we'll get to it. <laughs> so mechanics do that all the time. They go, you know, it's expectations and uh, demands. So anyways, go ahead. All right. Uh, best Star Wars? Probably the tougher question. Best Star Wars? <laughs> the Ewoks cartoon. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, if we're going just by movies... <laughs> Uh, it's I, definitely not the worst Star Wars. It's not the worst Star Wars. <laughs> I, I might take some flack for this, but I truly liked the episode nine. A lot of people didn't. I enjoyed I it. I loved it. it. Now, again, I love the first one. But with the benefit of the hindsight and foresight of all the other things, it, it's a weird movie now. Yeah. Like, now that you know everything about it, you're like, something's off on that one. <laughs> Again, there's a TikTok with the with the daughter, or with the, with the wife of Darth Vader. Yeah. And she's, it's this guy who goes, Darth, Darth, did you hear that Princess Lou who got arrested? You arrested your daughter? Does she even know? You never told her? Darth! And it's really funny, because he's, he's poking holes in everything that was wrong with that. And it's very funny. So, uh, Mandalorian, best Star Wars, and I know you don't get to speak to that because you haven't watched it. I it hasn't. Caught, it hasn't. <laughs> I haven't been able to get that deep into it, and I don't know why. Oh, I loved it from day one, and I, when it comes to the pop culture stuff, <coughs> I'm not afraid to admit I'm a joiner. I'll I'll jump on it and be like, and and give it a good try. And then I gave it a it, good try. Know, and I only then, got to episode six. You know, <laughs> when it's done, I'll be objective about. Yeah, this could have been better, right? But I, I have there. There are ups and downs, like any series. But as a sum total thing, including the Book of Boba Fett uh, episodes that are involved, I love Mando, and and that whole character line is great, um, and it has such great possibilities for it as well. All right, I'm going to throw it back to you. Right. The opposite, 
worst Star Wars movie. I don't want because if you say worst Star Wars, you get to the Star Wars Christmas special and game over. Yeah. But worst Star Wars movie of the nine. Actually, no, I'm going to I'm going to open it up to any of the Star Wars movie. See, I struggle with what I know you want me to say. No. Nope. <laughs> because you don't know what I want you because to say. Because I know I know the right answer. The right there, answer is episode one. It's episode actually not. one is is to me <laughs> is where I struggle the most with Star Wars because we talked about earlier, uh, off mic that episode one was my first endeavoring into Star Wars. Yes, I'm a young guy. I was it was nineteen ninety six when episode one came out. I was seven years old, get over it. But that was my first exciting Star Wars happening before, and and I got to enjoy it, which maybe is the purity of it. I got to enjoy it before it got clouded to me with all the things that are actually wrong with it, which is okay. And I get to look at that objectively now and and still have it hold a special place for me because it was my Star Wars. Yeah. Right? Yes, there are significantly wrong things with the, that movie, but it was still my first. Right? Well, which were in again, and then never going. mentioned again. Uh, I'm going to disagree because I actually enjoyed episode one. I like it, even though I shouldn't. <laughs> I do like it. If we're talking original nine, like the Sky Skywalker yeah. uh, timeline or Skywalker saga, okay, episode three is the worst. Wow. Because A, he's a whiny little B. B, he murders all the children, which is why my wife will never watch the movie again. She can't watch it. She's like, no, I know it's coming. I don't want to see it. Three, how his wife died, how Padme died is stupid. Yep. Absolutely stupid. (laughs) They did. They made fun of it in Robot Chicken where they had Dr. Ball MD and he goes, oh no, let's not attach her to all this billion dollars worth of futuristic medical equipment. Let's just let her die because she has a broken heart. And it's like, uh, yeah, like there's no way she can just die. Like there are so many machines, even if just to keep her alive without her brain, she can still alive. Like she had two, she had twins with no labor pains because that's not a thing in the future or the past or in that galaxy. Apparently. Apparently labor pains aren't a thing. They just went, here's your daughter. Here's your son. She went, Luke, Leah, dead. And you're like, there's no reason why she died. There's you, no reason. You significantly get the feeling that as you get closer to the end of the movie, they're like, crap, we got to wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, and and the, here's the other one. Oh, man. Uh, that the thing, running long. <laughs> the really funny thing is, after Empire, there was a rumor that, that um, Darth Vader was burned and horribly burned the way he is because of a fight with Obi-Wan on a lava planet. This is back in the 80s, mm-hmm. before the internet, before anything else, that went wildfire. Now, I've never known whether Lucas confirmed that at the time, or it was just introduced into the collective unconscious, and they went, he dies in lava pot. We are definitely got to do that now. And it made, like, it's, it's a chicken egg thing. Yeah. Chicken egg <laughs> thing. That one, I, that one, I literally cannot tell you. How it came apart because I knew I we everybody I knew who's a Star Wars fan knew that Vader died or was horribly disfigured in a fight on a, over a pit of lava with with Obi Wan. 
That was 100%. We knew that for a fact. And I have no idea where it came from. There is some things are just meant to be. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. <laughs> All right. Uh, Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings? Harry Potter. Oh, hell on. Let's back it up. This, this is the question I was going are to Are we talking approach. books or are let's, we talking let's movies? Do both. Well, let's separate it up a little bit. Harry Potter books or Harry Potter movies? Lord of the Ring books or Lord of the Ring movies? We're going to put books against books, movies against movies. Well, I want to do them against themselves right now. Well, and then do them against... Go all four ways. Okay. Uh, if we're going books against movies, Harry Potter books over Harry Potter movies, Lord of the Rings movies or Lord of the Rings books. Okay. If we're going straight head-to-head... -head, books against books. Books against yeah. books, Harry Potter hands down. Okay. Because movies against movies. Movies against movies. And we'll include The Hobbit in... That. I would say probably Harry Potter by an edge because there's an awful lot of walking and nothing going on. Okay. And it it drags the movie. It really hurts. They're like you if you want to sit down and throw on a Harry Potter movie, you can do that. If you want to sit down and throw on a Lord of the Rings movie, you have to be ready to sit mm -hmm. down. And with the exception of the last two movies, None of them are necessary to watch the next one. This is true. You could sit down and enjoy <laughs> Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire without having to go, oh, I got to watch the other ones to remember what's going on. You can just enjoy that movie quick. Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, you cannot just drop yourself in the two towers and go, oh, yeah, I guess they're walking to Mordor. I forgot about that. Yeah, okay. That's it's You've got to gird yourself pretty heavily to want to watch Lord of the Rings. All right, uh, <laughs> we're going to talk comics. Do you like Marvel comics or DC comics? Let's see again. I'm comics. Gonna, I'm going to do this to you. I prefer the Marvel art, but the DC heroes. Really? Yep. I'm a Marvel guy. I I, 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 I don't have anything against DC. I'm not just just to put that out there. <laughs> I, I actually really enjoy a lot of DC stuff. Um, I find both the Marvel art and I find Marvel's characters to be a little more interesting, and that's my personal thing. The character, the writing, and the the writing and the art is better in Marvel. I just don't like the <clears throat> characters as much. Really, I don't like the X Men. Um, there's nothing. That I find has, the X Men hard to follow. I'll give you that. There's nothing in Marvel that has the zeitgeist draw. Of Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and Green Lantern, even Aquaman. They are an iconic team long before the Avengers ever showed up. I I always lean towards Marvel more when I'm talking about more interesting characters. I find that and and you had touched on it with writing. I find that for DC, DC to me feels more predictable. Right. There's always a predictable outcome. Right. Whether it's in this issue or the next issue or the third issue, whatever it is, that outcome will come around. I don't disagree. Right? But whereas also... Marvel likes to take it off that rail a bit more and be like, ah, I didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> I'm going to say and this is going to sound very weird. Marvel is slightly more reality based than DC. No, you're correct. Now, again, we're talking about 
you know, superheroes and superheroes and supervillains and guys who make magnets work and, and you know whatever. Yeah, Marvel but, tends to take maybe two steps aside from reality, whereas DC takes ten, seven. But yeah, no, you're right. I agree. Um, actually, I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually, wow. No, I don't. Seven. I, I don't. Well, I don't think it's. I don't think it's full like way out left field. Like they they do tend to do a lot of like DC. We talked about it at Christmas. They do things about homelessness. They do things about like stuff like that. But their characters, with the maybe exception of Batman, are pretty upstanding members of society. Iron Man is a full-blown alcoholic. Oh, yeah. And they dealt with that in the characters. Like, Superman is not an alcoholic, nor could he ever be. The And when they did have Superman go off the rails, they went full injustice, mm-hmm. which has been done different ways in different times over the years. Like, what if Superman went crazy or whatever? Like, how do you stop him? That's why Batman has his... You know his, his death pile. <laughs> well, his death pile and all the all the members of the uh, Justice League. But yeah, like I said, I but I also grew up in a time where Saturday morning cartoon for me <coughs> was Super Friends, and so I was in love with Batman, who was Adam West and uh, um, who was it who played Robin? Oh, it was Casey Kasem. Yep. So those guys, you know, and the Superman and and uh, what's his name? The Meanwhile at the Hall of Justice. Um, he was on Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, he played Ted. Uh, and I'm blanking on his name right now. Oh, man, it's going to bother me. But he was he's he was in a bunch of stuff, but he did the voiceovers for that as the sort of the newscaster, which was the same character he played on Mary Tyler Moore. So he had the voice they wanted. And you hear that. And so it's really cool. And I'm like, okay, I, I like that one. I like, this is my thing. So that's where I fell in love with Batman and Superman. X-Men TV show did not come out until the 90s when I was past the influential stage and into the enjoying stage. Yeah. So I love the X-Men cartoon, yeah. but it wasn't a defining moment for me. Yeah, I think I think the '90s version of the X Men cartoon was one of those influencers for me, and it was one of those things that I come from the very conservative house where my parents weren't so sure about all the superhero stuff all the time, and they didn't seem interested enough to actually figure it out if it was okay. They just eh, we're gonna try and lean away from that as much. So I mean, we had restrictions on things like we weren't allowed to watch Power Rangers, uh, violence thing. Uh, we were. I I have to admit. <laughs> As a kid, I'd have punched my brothers a lot more than I did. Uh- <laughs> See, don't forget, you're you're also an elder millennial. I'm yeah. a Gen Xer. For me, my parents were like, "Is he quiet? Please watch please. whatever he wants." I I I know the logistics of it. Please don't call me a millennial. <laughs> I understand. I said that elder millennial by technical years of life. That's where I fall. No, no. But there's there's <laughs> there millennials. Is no man bun happening. Elder here. millennials are <laughs> millennials with a sousson of Gen X parenting on top of it, so they make it almost bearable. I'm too responsible to be a millennial. <laughs> You're just the exception that proves the rule. Um, but I, no, I like, feel like we have to move on from that after My my parents originally in the first season wouldn't let us watch The Simpsons. Yeah, we were never allowed to watch The Simpsons. And And then I just watched it anyways. And by the time The Simpsons was done, 
they didn't give a crap about South Park, so yeah. South Park was way worse. Than Simpsons. Yeah, <laughs> like they're like, oh, that it's was, animated. That was much. kind of if I had made that argument. Well, it's not South Park. Well, you shouldn't watch either of them. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, so for me, superheroes. There were some comics, there were a few things, but most of the time it was really tame stuff. So we got a little bit of Superman. Um, I had some Spider-Man because Spider-Man can be friendly, uh, especially in the 90s. Uh, you know, we didn't really get X-Men because Wolverine was too aggressive. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. When I snuck my episodes of X-Men that good, <laughs> you know, 90s X-Men is is quintessential in, oh, in yeah. my era of things. And right? just a name drop, um, girl, uh, the woman who did the voice for Jubilee is actually a friend of mine. Oh, really? Oh, didn't you know that? She's been on the podcast. Because uh, she's way too big to get on a podcast like ours. Um, she's also the um, <laughs> she's also the voice for Lydia. I hate on, that I can't even argue with that. The voice for Lydia on the Beetlejuice cartoon. Mm-hmm. She was the voice of the sister of My Pet Monster. And she was Lunette the Clown on Big Comfy Couch, Dallas in Court. There you go. And so she's uh, a Canadian. I did not make that connection. Oh, yeah. No, she's all the same yeah. people. Fantastic. And she did. I, I tell the story because it was really funny because her her ex husband was uh, from Japan, and she was at a convention of ours, which is where I originally met her. And uh, everybody was talking, and her husband, I guess, was like wanting to go and sort of being snarky and and like miserable. And she was just like got a glint in her eye and grabbed him, and she didn't lie. This is the truth. She went. He was a primary game designer on Resident Evil and threw him into the middle of a bunch of nerds. <laughs> and he didn't know. He was this very shy, introverted guy who didn't want any <laughs> part of it. And she, yeah, she was, I guess he was really pissing her off. But it was, yeah, just like he went, he made Resident Evil. Get him. <laughs> it was really funny. We died laughing. But anyways. Uh, so anyway, so uh, yeah, for me. Marvel writing DC heroes, you're the opposite. You just like Marvel. I, I lean into Marvel. Again, I don't hold anything against DC. I enjoy reading DC, but if I'm given the choice, give me a Marvel. Okay. I think we'll wrap with one more. Okay. Because we're one-shotting, so it's it's time. Yep. Best Marvel film MCU. We're going to restrict to MCU. Not that I think you need to go outside that for a Marvel film, but... Blade 3. Blade 3 is not an... You said I can't go outside to get a great one. I love Blade 3. It's my favorite. That's the one with with, uh, Ryan Reynolds in it. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's not an MCU film. You just said I can't. You said you can't even go outside MCU to get a good Marvel film, and I told you what it was. So, but now we're going to go back to MCU. (laughs) You went. You can't do it. I'm like, yes, I can. (laughs) Uh, Best. I'm still going to disagree with the point, but. But we're not going to argue about Fine, it. Fine, let's go. Let If you go best non-MCU, I'd say Blade 3. But okay. uh, best MCU. Oh, that's really I know. Tough. I had to put three down because I struggled with it that much. If, if, I, can I, don't, get, if I, I can get three, it <laughs> is Endgame, Black Panther, and The Winter Soldier. Endgame didn't make it. Really? Yeah. When Winter Soldier didn't make it. What? That's not even possible. Black what? Panther made my list. Black Panther does. Yeah. Um Captain mm. America First Avenger. I I love the period piece of I, it. So I, I you know what? I a hundred percent and that's why I love the original um, Wonder Woman. And movie. that's that's why uh First Avenger edges out Winter Soldier. Uh because of the period piece involved. Because they're 
I want to say they're two actually similar stories set in different times. Uh, they're they're very different. Don't let me don't let me make that it's, mistake. But there's a lot from both that actually feel very similar because of the way that Steve Rogers handles both. those And situations. you can't have the second without the first. Of course, it doesn't make any yeah. sense. Um, but I just think, I love the period pieces. I I love I love World War II period pieces. Yeah. They're amazing. But the reason it didn't <clears> make my list is because until Black Panther hit and uh, and uh, Infinity War hit. As far as I was concerned, that was the perfect Marvel movie. There was nothing wrong with that movie whatsoever. It was exactly what it needed to be. Had the intrigue, had the thing. Now, you had to have the history to enjoy it. That's the one downfall. If you hadn't watched Captain America, uh, first, uh, the first Avenger, Winter Soldier, doesn't make as much sense. But being a fan, I think that's probably, for me may be the best one until Black Panther came along. And I feel like, for me, that's why Winter Soldier didn't make the cut, was because it's one of those that suffers from Empire Syndrome. It has to have, some, and I grit my teeth <laughs> saying it too, but I had to put it in terms you'd understand. In terms I'd understand. <laughs> uh, uh, it's just like you had said, it has to have one in order to exist. Right. So um, I, when it comes to things that get edged off a list, that's a big killer for me. If it needs something else to exist, to be understood properly, it's still amazing, but it, it doesn't make the list, okay. right? It, it may, It's easier to cut, I think. Um, and don't get me wrong. My third was actually Dr. Strange. Um, I just really enjoy the way that, because you can pull Dr. Strange out of the MCU and just enjoy it as a film on its own. And it's really good. I will and agree it gives a bit that. of understanding to Stephen Strange, who is a, most people don't dig into a lot. He's not a first run <coughs> comic character. Oh, see, and now I was a huge Dr. Strange fan. I love Dr. Strange. I have tons of comics. Yeah. Oh, I enjoy him as a comic character as well. But what, what I liked is what they were able to do, especially, you know, Cumberbatch is just gold. Yeah. Um, he brought to a character an understanding of a character that most people don't understand. Right. Right. Which is why he was not the first Avenger. Yeah. <laughs> right? And here's the other thing. Somebody pointed this out the other day. Somebody said um, during No Way Home, and I'm not going to spoil it because everybody knows Doctor Strange is in No Way Home. What? And the, thing, <laughs> the things that he did, they're like that. That can't be our Doctor Strange. It has to be an alternate world Doctor Strange because our Doctor Strange would never do something like he's very responsible. And you're like, do you know the character at all? You didn't if watch you that only movie know, the right way, <laughs> but even if you only know the character from the MCU. If you put Doctor Strange beside Tony Stark, he is a sober adult in the room because Tony Stark is not a, an adult at all. Anybody look like the Hulk looks like a responsible adult beside Tony. However, on his own, he it's exactly what he does. He's an arrogant jerk who thinks he can do anything and everything should go his way. And he can like you look at it in the first scene of his movie where he freehands pulling a bullet out of somebody's brain yeah. he's like oh no we don't have time for anything i'm just gonna go get it and he is dead steady and he can do it which is what makes him bearable the entire accumulation or, or the entire climactic moment of dr strange is based on him doing something you're not supposed to do yeah. <laughs> he created an infinite causal time loop yeah 
You don't mess with that. They say it. <laughs> yeah, it's like something you shouldn't touch. I'm going to do it anyways. Well, I got to screw with that. <laughs> that's, that's, well, a, that's, that's a shtick. It's just don't, like, don't uh, touch that thing. I need to touch it's that. Like thing. The old, it's like the old Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> hey, don't touch the shiny red button. Can he resist touching the candy like red button? Yeah, no, like Doctor Strange is like, ooh. Well, now I have to. You know, <laughs> Doctor, said anything, you know what Doctor Strange is like? <laughs> For equivalent, Doctor Strange is like Steve Irwin. This is a vicious, <laughs> nasty creature. Oh, I'm going to poke in the testicles with a stick. Like, leave it alone. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. I just used Steve Irwin as an example in the D&D campaign. Did you really? <laughs> it was really good. He's coming back. He's coming back. It's come back around. But yeah, so anyways, so that's our first... It's uh, Quick mix. Quick mix. That's our second quick picks. We did Christmas quick picks as well. Uh, okay, we'll call that. This This is our first regular season quick pick. Uh, so send us all these little questions. Send us your you ideas. If you got quick picks for us, we'll quick pick. Absolutely. We'll quick pick all day long. And we'll keep saying quick pick until it sounds weird. It and does. It already sounds now, weird. Yeah. <laughs> quick, 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 quick. Well, that question has been asked and answered, but we still need more questions. So please send any of your nerdy questions to Christian at frugaldutchman.com or join us on Facebook at TFDATC. That's the Frugal Dutchman at the counter. So join us next time for more thoughtful answers to pointless questions, and we'll see you at the counter. counter.